Welcome to Game Opinions, a podcast where we talk about video games, gaming news, and our gaming experiences, both new and old. Every Thursday, head on over to your favorite podcast app or GamePinions.net for the latest episode. Remember, Game Opinions is not just a podcast about video games. It's another podcast about video games. Welcome to Game Opinions episode 69. I'm your host, Calman, and today I'm back again for another episode of Game Opinions. In today's episode of Game Opinions, I'm going to be talking about the death of G4. But before I get into that, I just want to address the whole fact that, well, it's been a really, really long time since we've made a podcast episode, and I have, uh, I've definitely missed this quite a bit. It's been since February, which is absolutely insane. I can't even use my whole, oh, it's been a, been a crazy last few months. No, it's been like a crazy year so far. Um, just a lot of things going on. I unexpectedly got a new job. Um, I got a uh, brand new gaming PC that I built. I've gone to sporting events, a whole bunch of crazy stuff this year, um, and just haven't really carved out time to, to podcast, which is kind of sad. Um, but this is definitely something that I've missed greatly. And I'm really excited to be back knowing that I was planning on recording an episode, um, has kind of, you know, excited me for the last couple weeks. So the hype has really been, been building up. Um, but I'm just, I'm really happy to be back and, and talking about gaming related topics. And as the intro now implies, we're going to be going for Thursday again as our episode release date. And this one, honestly, just disclaimer right off the bat, it's probably going to go up before Thursday because I have not had the feeling of publishing an episode for a long time. And I honestly miss it. So as soon as this is done, this puppy's probably going to be going up. I'm just really excited to, to publish this, uh, this episode. So won't make it to Thursday, but going forward... Thursday is going to be the release date for Game Opinions episodes. So, yeah, plan accordingly. So, without further ado, let's get into this G4 discussion. And it's going to start off with my history of G4. So, growing up, we didn't have the best PC in the world. We had internet access, which was awesome, but our PC was so old that we couldn't update like our flash drive or uh, JavaScript. So, we weren't able to watch like YouTube videos or anything like that. So whenever I would have a video game that I was interested in, the best thing I could do was look up screenshots. And there used to be a ton of screenshot dumps and you were able to go on there and be like, hey, 50 new screenshots have been uploaded for this game. And it's like, oh, cool. So I would spend like hours on end uh, reading previews and looking at screenshots and just enjoying it. And I would go back and revisit if it's a game I was really interested in and just constantly look up screenshots for these games. The only time I was really able to see a game in motion or gameplay footage was if it was at an E3 conference or if it was a trailer on TV. And the third way was X-Play on G4. So my favorite show on G4 was definitely X-Play. I love their review system. I love when they were like, this game is phenomenal and it gets a four out of five or it gets a three out of five or it gets a five out of five and if a game got five out of five it was instantly on my my want list so the cool thing about x-play is that a lot of games that they would show off were ones that weren't even on my radar and ones that i didn't even know about 
So it was really exciting to see these new games and see footage of these games and then getting excited over the games just due to their coverage of them. And that was kind of a big deal for me because of, you know, what I mentioned earlier, not having access to seeing, uh, you know, certain games online. Twilight Princess was actually the first time I ever saw Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess was X-Play's review of it. And that made me so hyped for the Wii. And honestly, I don't know if I would have been as excited to get the Wii if I didn't see Twilight Princess's review on X-Play during that time because I never played a Legend of Zelda game prior to Twilight Princess. So that was really a big deal and played a huge factor in me wanting the Wii and really spending most of that generation with just the Wii as my only console. Now, after X-Play, of course... There was Attack of the Show that would come on, and a lot of times I just would be bumming it out on the couch and just being like, hey, whatever, it's coming on, and I'll just watch Attack of the Show, and you know everything will be good. And honestly, I wasn't a huge fan of Attack of the Show, mainly because I didn't really understand what was going on half the time. I think Kevin Pereira and Olivia Munn were a great combination. They had great chemistry together. But I just never really cared too much for that show. Uh, they compare it to like Olivia Munn and uh, Kevin Pereira. I believe they kind of compared it to like having YouTube on TV. But it was just uh, really odd and really bizarre. And it never clicked with me. Maybe if I watched it now, it would make a little bit more sense. But when I was when I would watch it, I was pretty young. So I probably just didn't really get the concept of it. But uh, not really my favorite show, but it is one just to kind of to take note of. There was another show called Cheat, and I remember thinking fondly about Cheat, but honestly, if you ask me what it was about, I probably couldn't tell you. Uh, I know that I think it's Krista Adams, I could be wrong, uh, was the host of that show. But if you're asking me about the content of the show, I honestly don't really remember what the show was about. It, I just don't think about it as as memorable as X-Play was. I honestly can't say what it's about. I'm assuming it's some kind of walkthrough show or it's some kind of cheat code show. But besides that, I really don't remember all that much about that game. Or I'm sorry, about that that show. But yeah, it's just, just kind of odd. But I, I do think fondly of it. So I think it was a good show. I, I, don't, I don't know. But my favorite thing that G4 did was their E3 coverage. And I think even to this day, there still has not been uh, E3 coverage that I like as much as G4's. But the landscape of E3 is just so different now that there's not really as much coverage needed. It's more of a, a mostly digital event. I mean, who knows what it's going to come back as next year. I feel like them taking off that year, just I just I just don't know if we're ever going to see E3 really return in its full capacity again. But their coverage of it, I thought was really good. It's just times are, are different now. Um, so who knows what would have become of that if they never went out of business. But they did go out of business, though, on December 31st, 2014. And I was a little sad about it, but I'll be honest, at that point in time, I was kind of moving on from G4, uh, never really tuned in for the last couple of years. Uh, maybe occasionally I'd look up like something online, they would come up. But at that point, though, I feel like the landscape of just how gaming coverage was done uh, was definitely changing. That This was 2014. That's kind of around the time where podcasts were really starting to prop up in popularity. And then, of course, YouTube was really entering into its golden age of gaming. So there really wasn't a whole lot of need for G4 during that time. So it was very shocking, though, when I did hear that they were coming back. And it just seemed like a lot of things have been coming back over the last like 10 years. You know, you had like Crystal Pepsi making a brief return. You had crispy M&Ms coming back. You had cinnamon or not uh, French Toast Crunch came back. Like, you know, different things that were 
you know, alive in the 2000s or 90s and then making a comeback later on. And G4 kind of felt like it may be one of those things. But I think I was mainly kind of excited about it just because of the nostalgia factor, but not really thinking through like, hey, you know what? G4 kind of had its time in the sun and now it's kind of it's yesterday's news. Like there's there's nothing else they can do with G4 that's going to ever top what they did before. That being said, I was very curious to see how they would do it. Uh, I was somewhat excited that Adam Sessler and Kevin Pereira were going to be coming back. It's kind of like a blend of new and old. Uh, I thought that that was going to be really a, a cool combination, but things just didn't go that way. As Dave Scott, the chairman and CEO of Comcast Spectre, informed all employees that G4 operations were being discontinued effective immediately, and I quote, Over the past several months, we worked hard to generate interest in G4, but viewership is low and the network has not achieved sustainable financial results. I know this is disappointing news, and I'm disappointed too. I want to thank you and everyone on the G4 team for the hard work and commitment to the network. Our human resources team is reaching out to you to provide you with support, discuss any other opportunities that may be available, and answer any questions you may have, end quote. So, kind of sad, and a lot of these employees apparently heard from leaks that happened on Twitter, I think the writing was very much so on the wall, though, after a lot of layoffs went through. Um, It just seemed like it was really only a matter of time before G4 in its entirety was going to be shut down. So there's a a lot of reasons why people think that this failed. I listed out a few that I think were the cause of it. And the first one that a lot of people are bringing up was the Frost Grant. And this happened sometime earlier in the year. And... This has been talked about quite a bit, um, but basically Frost on X-Play kind of interrupted uh, a gaming segment and started talking about um, sexism in gaming. Now, I think sexism in gaming is definitely an important topic. It's something that we should be discussing and should be talking about, um, but I feel like the way it was said and the way it was uh, this was executed was probably not the best way. And I, do, I don't think the overall message was bad. I just feel like the timing was probably not the best and it just kind of came off a little weird and a little forced during that segment. My my thought process behind this is when you're trying to rebuild a brand or even build a new brand, like rebrand, the best thing to do with your time when you are making content isn't to attack your audience. And even if some of the people that are listening in are doing this thing, and you're making them upset, like that's fine, but you also have to keep in mind that there are people that are not doing those things and are watching your content or listening to your content, and they're not doing those things, and they just want to come on here and you know, listen to you talk about video games. And going into that, unfortunately, is going to have you know, unnecessary collateral damage for your listeners, some of them, even though they're not doing that thing, don't want to keep hearing about it. So they're just going to leave. And I just feel like they could have probably done this a little bit better. I feel like when you're trying to build an audience, it's probably not the best idea to feed the trolls with your time. I feel like there's a better utilization of time and maybe address this at a later date because it is important. It's just the way that they did it just didn't really seem uh, in good taste. So 
it's kind of an odd thing. Personally, I mean, it's their it's their network. They can do whatever they want. I just think that maybe that wasn't the best way to do it. And it was kind of just awkward, too, with everybody sitting around. Um, and Adam Sessler's uh, seal clap was a little bit weird. Just I don't know. It's just kind of a, a weird scenario that just did not land very well, even though I think the intentions were good. Uh, it just didn't didn't pan out for them. And I think that another reason why G4 just hasn't really panned out is because everything about G4 that people love just wasn't there. You know, G4 was kind of a a weird network and it was also kind of like an edgy network and a very lewd network. And it was not really like this clean buttoned up type of uh, media company. That's really not what they were. Like they were popular because they were edgy. And it was a combination of, you know, video games and other things uh, that kind of mixed and created this weird creation. But G4 just wasn't this new G4 just didn't have that type of energy to it. And I think when people heard the Frost Grant, they're like, okay, this is going to be one of these types of networks or channels, however you want to call it. And I feel like people are like kind of some people are into that stuff and some people are not. And a lot of people just want to hear about video games. I think that's really what it comes down to. They just don't want to hear all the negativity because there's a lot of negativity out there and they just want to have a place where they can come and enjoy talking about video games. And it's stressful. It's very exhausting sometimes when, you know, you hear about negativity or you hear about politics and it's just constantly, it's tied into everything that you consume Sometimes you need an escape, and I think a lot of people listen to gaming podcasts for that reason, and I think a lot of times I do too. Sometimes I don't want to hear about political stuff anymore. You know, I just want to relax and and listen to gaming content and not worry about other things because there is plenty of time to worry about that with literally everything else. So that's kind of my opinion of it. I feel like there wasn't this just like, hey, let's make fun of everything and enjoy everything about G4 that was there before. And it just didn't work out this time. There was some kind of lack of identity. And I just feel like they did not utilize their their time very well to kind of flesh out the brand and the content felt uninspiring. And this is, you know, disclaimer, I haven't really consumed a lot of their content. This is just what I've watched. It just wasn't G4. It was a, a different network altogether with the G4 name. And another big reason why I feel like it failed is that the people we grew up watching have just changed so dramatically. Um, Kevin Pereira is more or less the same, but Adam Sessler is, he has some kind of issues going on. He just is not, he's not normal uh, when you read like his Twitter and, and all that. And it's just really disheartening seeing Adam in this state. And I don't know if he's having some psychological problems or you know, and obviously it's, you know, you don't want to joke around about people's, um, you know, struggles or anything like that. Um, but he just doesn't seem like he's in his right mind and he doesn't seem like the, uh, the same person anymore. And once again, you know, that's just part of the reason why people loved, uh, love G4 was because, you know, Adam Sessler, Morgan Webb, they were a great combination, but Adam Sessler to me, he's, he's washed. I think he's just washed up. And I just don't think that he can handle all of this stress and all the criticism and the way he treats people is just really disillusioning. And personally, if I was in charge of hiring in a, in a gaming company, uh, I would stay far away from Adam Sessler at this point in his career. I just think he needs to do something else. Like I just, 
he's he he was a really cool guy on G4, but I just think that the the train has definitely left the station for Adam Sessler. And to me, that's just a huge gash that can't be healed uh, in, in the whole G4 ethos. So, yeah, Adam Sessler just not in his right mind. And it's just really uh, upsetting to see that. But I kind of just don't have any respect for him anymore. Um, just with some of the stuff he's he's said and he comes out with it's just very unprofessional coming from a guy that is supposed to be this you know moral high ground I just I don't know Uh, he's just kind of a a odd dude and I just I just don't care for him anymore and then the the last reason why I feel like G4 has failed and this is kind of a two-parter I think companies are just overthinking it there are so many tools out there that we can use and work remotely where we can create high quality content. And at the end of the day, I just think that G4 and all these other companies have just overextended themselves to the extreme. Like even looking at IGN and GameSpot and other companies, you notice that they'll have a lot of layoffs. And the reason for the layoffs is because they're just stretching themselves way too thin. The thing is, is that you can debate the severity of COVID all you want, but there was something really good that came out of this pandemic, and that was the emergence of more work-from-home working arrangements. And I feel like with gaming and gaming-related content, they are basically made for producing things at home. There are so many tools that you can use, uh, whether you're being you know remotely podcasting or making video content, or even if you want to utilize green screens and all kinds of different video editing techniques, you do not need to have a physical location where you come in and more importantly, spend a ton of money doing it. G4 overextended themselves, one, by having way too many employees, and two, having a a building to go into that you have to pay for and just having astronomical expenses. They basically set themselves up to fail. The fact that they didn't realize that after the first time G4 went out of business, like, hey, maybe we should tackle this a different way. Maybe we should look at how content creators are making content and maybe do something similar to that. We can provide really high quality microphones. We can get really nice cameras and we don't have to spend all this money that we would on a building. And just reduce the amount of employees you have. They, for some reason, just went into this huge, elaborate, you know, studio and all this, you know, bells and whistles and and just all this stuff that you don't need that does not lead to better content. You can keep things simple and you can edit a certain way that makes it seem like you're there. Like there's so many different things they could have done. And I feel like so many companies are doing this and this this extends far out and beyond just gaming related stuff like any company that's requiring employees to come in and work i just feel like it's outdated and we had something that is giving us an opportunity to kind of give your employees some time back whether that be um you know their commute to work or whether that be um you know the amount of money they're spending to get from one place to another or the time that they now have returned back to them, as soon as work is over, they can get started on dinner or they can go and spend time with their families. I just feel like it's such an outdated look if you have a job that can easily be done remote to do it any way other than that. If you want to do a hybrid thing with like, you know, there's different gaming things or even like with work things and have someone come in occasionally, I guess that's fine. But why spend all the additional money on a big office space and, and big flashy things when it's just not necessary because all of those things can be achieved 
probably even more seamlessly with video editing. I just don't really understand it, and I never will understand why G4, IGN, a whole bunch of these gaming companies basically set up their employees to fail. It just doesn't make sense to me. All of these G4 employees that got hired on were doomed to fail from the get-go. There is no way that the original G4 that was packed with all of this you know, recognizable talent couldn't survive. There's no way that this new G4 with some of the talent back in the day that has clearly overstayed their welcome, Adam Sessler, there's no way that they would be able to sustain themselves with this big budget that they had. I just feel like that is absolutely insane. If they were to scale down and make everything remote and not spend nearly as much money as they did, G4 would probably be around right now making content. The quality of the content would not change. So it would still be their content and whether or not you think it's good or not, it doesn't really matter, but they would still be making content right now. But because they stretch too thin and they want to stick with the traditional way of doing things rather than seeing what people have done. The thing is, is that YouTubers and companies, a lot of times they will get popular, but after that, there's going to be people that will just drop off. The popularity dies down. To me, the best way to protect yourself in that situation is keep things as small as possible, as least expensive as possible. And then you'll be fine. If you lose your audience or you lose the amount of money you're making, at least you didn't overspend on a location that will soon become worthless because chances are you're renting from it. It'll just set you in such a hole that you cannot climb out of. And it just, it kind of angers me a bit that all of these employees now are screwed because of what G4 set them up to be. It was false promises. So the writing was on the wall, but the writing was super on the wall because of the way they handled this. And I think ultimately that's what killed them because they just couldn't sustain themselves because they just went too big when they didn't have to. They could have kept things simple and they could have been fine. That's just what I think. I think that companies need to learn that there is so many ways around this. And listen, this is a small podcast. Game Pinions is very small. I haven't made a podcast since February, but our last episodes with guests have all been remote. And you know what? You can't tell the difference between remote and together anymore. I would stack up the audio quality of this podcast against any podcast out there. And I would say we are either on par or better in terms of audio quality. There's a way to do it. There's a way to make this stuff. And sure, would a studio be nice? Absolutely. I would love to have a space to work on stuff. I'm sure everybody would love to have extra space to work on stuff. But the thing is, it comes with cost. And that cost is basically going to dictate how far you go. And G4 overextended themselves. And I see other you know, YouTube channels doing the same thing. It's like eventually this space that you didn't purchase could come back to bite you later on because you won't be able to afford it. Employees will get paid less money. And it's just, they could have had a win-win-win situation here. You can pay your employees more and retain them and earn, you know, ad revenue or whatever, you know, sponsorship money. And that doesn't go to this building that you don't need. It goes to the employees and it goes to keeping the company up and running. You don't need a physical location to keep doing that. And that's just, that's just how I feel about it. But yeah, G4, they're gone. I feel bad for the employees that were there. Um, You know, even Frost, I know she posted up some really not uh, great things 
about you know her surviving the first round of layoffs. But it's like I don't think anyone deserves to lose their job except uh, you know maybe Adam Sessler probably shouldn't have been in that position. Um, just because of how he handles himself and how he handles talking to people and all that. I just, I just don't care for that guy. I really don't. Um, but even him, I don't wish bad things upon him. I feel like that's just screwed up, but it's just, it's just disappointing that it's 2022 and they're still trying to do this the same way rather than evolve with what people are able to do on their own. The amount of money spent that doesn't need to be spent is just insane. It's absolutely insane, yet they just continue to do it and they just won't stop. They won't stop until they run they run out of money or they just can't afford to maintain themselves anymore. But I just feel like that's really a crappy way to go out. And I think that if it was just thought out better, things would have been things would have been good. But that's that's all the time I have today. I am very excited that we're making this episode and this one's kind of a a rough one, but you know what? I need something to knock the rust off and I want to be back making podcast episodes and the next ones are going to be probably a little bit happier than this one. Um, but once again, thank you so much for listening in. I'm going to try to uh, to stay on top of this and upload an episode every Thursday. And, you know, if you guys are, of course, interested in making your own podcast, well, guess what? You can head on over to Blueberry.com. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com and use promo code GamePinions. That's going to give you two free months of podcast hosting service and, of course, two free months of stats so you can keep track of the podcast you're working on. And until next time, just remember that GamePinions is not just a podcast about video games. It is another podcast about video games. I'll catch you on the next one.